Welcome everybody to Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast, where we give powers to a name. The month is flown by, good riddance, bye. We don't look to the past. We, well, we look to the past for advice, but we don't, we leave it behind us. We are eyes front towards the future, uh, carving out a new path for us and our various characters where we take a random name and give it a whole bunch of stories, superpowers, characteristics, etc. Are we looking forward to that? Jade Sarson, Josh Randall? Mm, yep. Yeah, huh? Excellent. You know, I thought I'd lay down a little bit more of a traditional introduction today because it's been a while since we've had one. I, 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 I can't help but feel sorry for some of the uh, newer listeners who come in and say, what's going on? What's this? What's yeah, that? it's fine. We just throw Do them they? in at the deep end. I thought we always start it with welcome to Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast where we give powers to a name. That's, that's, that's the most traditional thing we do. Done. Dust off hands. It's a snazzy, it's a snazzy tagline, but details are pretty good. Uh, Einstein said that once. Did he? He did. Jade, in traditional form, what have you been reading that will inspire <laughs> your hero for today? Well, Comics-wise? <laughs> well, it is a comic, that's for sure. Um, it's a comic that I tend to not read in one long burst whenever I read it. It tends to be that I just, I spot it on my shelf and I pick it up for the hundredth time that year and yeah. just flick through it. Uh, from I'll just flick to a certain page and then read the rest from there. <laughs> it's just one of those kind of books. Nice. Mm. Uh, this is The Now of Brown by Glyn Dillon. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. So you may recognize the name Glyn Dillon. Um, most recently, he's known for being the costume designer for The Force Awakens. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, he designed oh. Ray's outfit. Oh. Mm. Did not know that. Yeah. Um, so first off, very talented artist. Um, the art is mainly what I bought this graphic novel for. But the story itself is fascinating. Um, it's about a woman with OCD who works in um, like a chic toy shop. You know, those not not sexy adult toys, but like <laughs> desk adult toys. <laughs> yeah, I know the ones. I got like a thousand at yes. work. Uh, and when she's not working there, she visits a Buddhist center to meditate or she practices therapy exercises to deal with her disorder because mm -hmm. she keeps having these visions of her attacking or harming people with typically harmless things like um, a pregnant woman comes into the shop while she's on her own there and uh, she notices a pen and just visualizes her stabbing the pregnant woman's belly like really violently cool. yeah Oof. so obviously it's disturbing for her um and no one else understands really so she has to kind of get herself out of those situations and repeat mantras in her head to calm herself down um that's kind of the foundation for what's actually a relatively simple story about her trying to awkwardly seduce a washing machine repairman because she thinks he looks like one of her favorite desk toys <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so she just kind of becomes fixated on him. And it's all about her relationship with him and her trouble with OCD. And it also has this weird subplot with like a story within a story that no matter how many times I read it, I still don't quite understand that extra story. And I feel a little bit stupid, but that's why I just keep going back to it. Because one day I'm sure I'll understand it. One day. And what do you enjoy about the book, Jay? Well, it's a bit um, typical of me, but... The story could have been wank and I'd have probably still loved it because <laughs> Glyn Dillon's artwork is just gorgeous. Like it's all mm. these lush watercolors in um, very limited colors. We haven't talked about limited palettes in a while, have we? Oh, we haven't. No. So back to that shit again. Back on my shit. Limited palettes. <laughs> Excellent. Good. Um, Bing, 
bang, bosh. Now, Brown. Josh, Josh. Yep. I thought you were going to go like straight into bish, bash, bosh, what you've been reading, Josh. Yeah, I thought it was going to do that. That would have been genius. Do you need me oh. to edit out Glendalen's name that. between that? And just, you could <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, please. Okay. Like, yeah. Actually, I'm not even going to re-record it. Just edit the current audio <laughs> to make it sound mm. like I said that. Oh, yeah, done. And then we feed in. What have you been reading today? Or oh, this week? Um, this week I have been reading. Well, recently all my recommendations have been more manga based. So mm. I thought I need. I'm gonna. I'm gonna veer back into uh, the Western comic world for a bit. Okay. Um. So this week I've gone with. I've recommended the writer's work before. Um. But I haven't got around to recommending the artist's work before. Um. So I've been reading Rick Remender's uh, Deadly Class. With art by Wes Craig. Hey, I, I, I like that book. I've read that book. Oh, I remember I've lent you the first volume, haven't I? No, you've, I've made you buy I the bought? first volume. You made me buy it. Like, oh, yeah. hand in, in my pocket, pulling out my wallet, <laughs> money out. He'll done. take the lot. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Tell him, tell him. So Deadly Class is about a young homeless orphan called Marcus who... Uh, ends up getting enrolled in an underground school for assassins. Which is like the fucking coolest set yeah. for a comic ever. Without a doubt. Um, and what's really cool about it is that Remender kind of adds in, it's all those quintessential high school experiences that literally everyone has had, really, mm. in some form. You may not have had all of them, but there's something in there that you'll probably recognise. Oh yeah, like Clicks getting and all bullied. That stuff. Yeah. yeah, the cliques. Murdering a classmate, they're all yeah. in there. Well, this, this is the thing, you know, it's all of those high school experiences, but obviously with a backdrop of all of your classmates being children of mob bosses or um, well-known as political assassins, that kind of thing. Mm. I really like the book. It's obviously why I'm recommending it. Um, I really like Wes Craig's art, specifically. Um, yeah. I've always thought it's quite kinetic. Um, there's a lot of really nice kind of sweeping panels in it, and there's some really nice... Uh, double pages it's oh it's just good there <laughs> it is there it is I, I didn't want to fall back on it but I ended up falling back on it I wanted it to come naturally I didn't want to prod you for yeah. it yeah that would um, be cheeky it, it would have been but no it's a really good book um, the the reason I'm recommending it this week is because most recently the series sixth volume has just been released so oh I've nice rereading that in apprehension cool I think mm. it's getting a, a TV series soon. It is as well. Actually. I believe the Russo brothers are producing it. Hot dog. If that isn't a big enough uh, recommendation for y'all, I don't know what is. Mm. Maybe Dean's read might be. <laughs> so a few weeks back, I re- recommended Naruto because I'm trash. Please don't tell <laughs> so, me you're going to recommend Bleach. Please. Stop <laughs> right there. A crime no, is I'm about not, to be committed. I'm not going to commit a manga crime. I'm going to commit a manga um redemption oh no you're not going to recommend boruto are you (laughs) (laughs) no listen um i i've been reading rereading of course one of the classic gateways into manga and anime one of possibly the best shonen pretty sure we are both on the edge of our seats like which one which one the possibly the best uh, shonen manga of all time Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, excellent, excellent. Proceed. (laughs) By Hiromu Arakawa. And uh, the story, uh, in a nutshell, pair of brothers try and resurrect their mother using the magical science of alchemy. Uh, But, of course, 
According to alchemy, in order to obtain, first, something of equal value must be lost. And in the process, um, Ed loses uh, a limb. His brother, Al, gets lost completely. But uh, when Ed brings back Al from the magical plane where he uh, ends up being dragged into, he ends up losing another limb. And by well, the end of the process... he gives up another limb to... Mm. Like he sacrifices who's, it who's to... Who's telling this? Yeah. Who's telling this? <laughs> Just help we're, we're, we're telling it right. Yeah. In order... Uh, afterwards, uh, uh, Ed has uh, only two limbs left and Al's soul has been bound to a giant uh, suit of armor. Very intimidating looking. And Ed vows to bring them back to their natural states. He does this by joining the army and becoming a state alchemist who have access to lots of uh, resources, uh, scientific and otherwise, and they go out searching for the Philosopher's Stone, which they believe has the power to return them to normal. And by God, it's... I've only written one note here for this, apart from the, the outline, which I got perfect first time. Um, <laughs> most solidly plotted shonen ever. Oh, like, God, yeah. When, when you're reading this book, you do not feel like the author is writing this a chapter a month, like ongoing for like years and years. It feels solid and rigid. Every beat is like expertly carried out. It's there's emotion. There's like this just gorgeous action, which is um, compounded by the like the alchemy in it. So you get these incredible effects. There's um, uh, a soldier who can create flames by clicking his fingers. There's a another soldier who with his very muscular form, can just create, like, almost artillery shells from rocks that he punches. It's, it is a classic for a reason, and it will be remembered long after uh, its compatriots have been forgotten. And uh, I, it's just, it's perfect. <laughs> it, it's legitimately perfect. Like, it's got some lovely character moments. You root for these brothers every step of the way, even when they're fighting, like, the little twats that they are. Because they're only like 14 and 15 during this whole whole shebang. And if you're going to step into manga for the, for the first time, maybe you've come to us expecting Marvel and DC and you're like, what, what the fuck are they talking about? Pick up for Metal Alchemist. Check it out. I guarantee you, you will be in safe hands. Yeah. I want to say they're doing really nice um, new editions of it soon. Oh, mm. yeah. That might be worth picking up. Mm. I was just going to say that it's funny you mentioned that it seems like one of the most well- plotted out manga series because it's so obvious when the first anime series veers off course <laughs> yeah because that sense of being well plotted just goes out the window and everything is just made up on the spot every week and it's just weird for the less educated uh viewer there were two anime adaptions of this one happened midway through the manga and uh, when the anime reaches that point it just does its own thing and as jade mentioned it gets weird it goes to current germany in the real world for yeah. some oh, reason God, yeah I forgot about that. <laughs> and um there was a more recent adaptation brotherhood which is um manga accurate and is hmm, hmm. yes perfect. I, I seem yes. to remember the the manga finished pretty much the same time as the anime in the end yeah yeah and it was really cool just seeing both happen almost like simultaneously mm. Mm. it was real nice let's do something real nice ourselves Shall we create our own things? <laughs> Let's. There's. You could have made an alchemy reference in there. Could oh, I? Shit. You, well, you could have. Let, let's exchange our names and put them into a generator 
and in exchange, we will get a new uh-huh. name. Let's uh-huh. transmute a hero from nothing using our own philosopher's stone. Let's our imaginations. Give up- <laughs> Let's give up our limbs in order to create a hero. <laughs> that is, that's going to be as well plotted out as Fortmail Alchemist. Well, I'm here to tell you that we are going to be staying on the Shonen theme for Ooh. the generator this week. Really? Yes. Um, literally right before we recorded this episode, I was having a go of a very fancy, shiny new anime game called Dragon Ball Fighter Z, And... Uh, it's so shiny, you guys, and I've I've <laughs> mm. become obsessed with Dragon Ball Z all over again. I mean, I never fell out of obsession, but... You never do. No, no. I mean, Vegeta can appear in the smallest form, and I will just be right back to a hundred. Um, <laughs> but that brings me to our generator this week. It's... Is it? <laughs> you gonna guess? <laughs> is, is there a Dragon Ball Z name generator? No, not quite. What? Is it something to do with uh, cooking appliances? Because I know that, that Dragon Ball seems to enjoy its uh, the freezer family. Yes, it is. Um, oh, <laughs> what? Not, well, it's the Super Saiyan name generator. Mm. Okay. So rather than cooking appliances, it will involve vegetables. <laughs> because okay. for those of you who haven't, if you've been hiding under a rock uh, and you don't know any Dragon Ball Z character names, um, a lot of the Saiyan characters are called things like um, Bardock, which is named after like Burdock Root, Broly, which is named after Broccoli, Bro- Cabba, cabbage, uh, raditz, radish. Of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Vegeta, literally named vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the Super Saiyan name generator is one that you, it's not like, you know, a drop down menu or anything like that. We basically make it up ourselves. Um, and I'm using the version that Vegeta's voice actor came up with. Um, so his name's Chris Sabat, and he came up with the idea that you put Super Saiyan in front of the last vegetable you ate minus its last two letters. However, however, I'm going to take out the word Saiyan so that we're not infringing on copyright with our characters. Mm-hmm. I'm going to replace Saiyan with uh, an adjective, which I have a random generator for. Oh, nice. So, um, we'll come up with characters that are called Super Adjective Vegetable. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Right. So, uh, Josh, yep. would you like to give me a number between 1 and 12? 12, I think. Super capricious. And what was the last <laughs> vegetable you ate? Um, I actually ate a pepper. <laughs> so take off the last two letters. That's pep. Yep. <laughs> Super capricious pep. Okay. Okay, remember that. Dean, okay. going to need a number between 1 and 12. Uh, uh, four. Super crazy. What was the last oh, vegetable you God. ate? Um, rice. What? No. <laughs> Get out of here. There were <laughs> vegetables in that curry. You could have onion. Oh, yeah, I'll have onion. Super so. crazy oni. Hmm. Okay, we're, we're staying on the Japanese yeah. theme here. Unintentionally, right. I think. Uh, mm. I'll do one for me. Um, Someone else pick a number for me from one to twelve. Six. Super deserted. And, um, well, you've already said pepper, so I'll say uh, chili. Super deserted chill. Hmm. <laughs> these, these are some, some odd names, Jay. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, can, we can have super as like the all-encompassing name for all of mm. them, uh, if you want. Hmm. But, uh, so we've got super deserted chill. What was yours, Dean? Uh, crazy Oni. Crazy Oni and capricious pep. Pep, yep. 
What if this is a world of superheroes? Then? Not again. <laughs> no, like an entire planet of superheroes. Uh huh. And so everyone has a superpower. That's why they're all super. Right. right. And then you've got only Pep and Chill. And I pass the baton to anyone else with their <laughs> handout. Well, Oni is another word for demon. Mm. It's like a like the typical Japanese like big mouth demon. Yeah, it's more thing. it's more like in Western terms, it would be more like a, an ogre or something. Mm. Yeah, kind of. So you could roll with that, perhaps. Hmm, this is true. Maybe uh. <sighs> Crazy only. You had to give me crazy, didn't you? It, it does work quite well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little self-explanatory. So, um, but the thing is, he's a, or they are a superhero. Mm-hmm. That's that's where things take a turn. You know, they're not just your, your standard only that, you know, are pestering people and eating gold. And unfortunately, I'm not incredibly wised up on my only history it's just supposed to be a starting point hmm. well I'm, I'm 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 spreading the feelers out okay and i'm seeing how it how it feels well coming back to my one deserted chill makes me think immediately that my character is not chill mm. at all mm. because the chill has deserted them <laughs> 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 okay so they are perhaps constantly on edge very hyper aware that would make them like such a skittish superhero, though. If they're like, if they have no chill, how they re- react in a, uh, a, the classic bank heist situation. Hmm. So perhaps where we've got two very high strung heroes, perhaps uh, Capricious Pep. Well, can this is balance us out. Quite interesting because obviously, whilst you've been doing this, obviously I have no idea what Capricious means, really. <laughs> um. So I had a little quick Google. Um, and it's given to sudden and unaccountable changes of mood or behaviour. Oh, whoops. <laughs> oh, wow. Well. So they're quite fickle, inconsistent, <laughs> unstable. <laughs> so I feel as though we've got three quite unstable heroes here. Yes. But I'm wondering if that's for the best. I think so. They're all like Hulk types. Mm. By the sounds yeah, of it. Yeah, I'm thinking like crazy Oni could then be like you have your red and blue Oni types. Mm. So... A lot of the time, you're red only. You're very angry and violent and good at like destructive powers. But then your calmed down version is blue only, who's a bit more of a calm temperament. And then deserted chill is high strung all of the time, except when the chill kicks in and they just mellow out. And then hmm. capricious pep, well, they are either extremely peppy to the point of annoyance or just good at cheering everyone on calmly. <laughs> okay. I've I've got a weird idea. Go. So these are superheroes based on mood. Um, so perhaps when they feel a, a certain emotion, the their superpowers kick in. Right. Um, whether that's your standard like flying brick powers, or they become extra muscular, like your your hulks, mm. that sort of thing. But it's triggered by craziness or um, when their chill deserts them. When they get sort of high strung, mm-hmm. but capricious, ca- capricious Pep is in training. They are the the, the grass grasshopper in this situation, and mm. perhaps um, Oni and Chill are the ones training Pep. Okay. 
Ooh. And s- mm. let, let's let's have a proper sidekick. We we've had our tip top Tammies well. and our <laughs> kids and whatnot, but what if we go beyond sidekicks slightly? Who's to say that Chill and Oni aren't together? And who's to say that Pep isn't their spawn? Oh, so could we have our first superhero family? Yes. Oh, please, can we you do a family? You are our son now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this things just got weird. <laughs> I like it. I mean, that's that's a saying thing, right? You give birth to superpowered children. Mm. Right? Yeah, and then you neglect them until they get powerful <laughs> and then suddenly return and pretend you were a father all along. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jade. It's fine. So, yes, family. A family of superheroes okay. who are raising, raising their child, Capricious Pep, to be a superhero question mark i suppose it could be a legacy thing perhaps maybe it's unusual they... like for people on this in, in this situation um it's unusual for them to not be able to control their powers like their powers being based on mood swings is not typical no hmm. what if the power kicks in during a mood swing what right. if like i'm gonna start using some stanley ass like logical <laughs> shit go with it roll with it, it. So, um, by, by, um, Wait, if you're going to stand Leah, you're going to need to do the voice. Maybe when they are changing emotions, maybe when they're having one of their mood swings. How's that? Yeah, perfect. Oh, that was perfect. good, actually, yeah. When, maybe when they're having one of their mood swings, they are building up emotional torque or emotional kinetic energy. I went a bit Canadian there. And they take this energy and they use it to cast a fireball or to power their muscles. I'm sorry, we're not taking any of this in. We're too busy listening to your impression. Yeah, that must mean it's good then. (laughs) So, hold on. So, you're going to have to repeat all that. They they take the power and turn it into kinetic energy? So, if you imagine a mood, like two moods on a sort of scale. Mm-hmm. Say you have like um, calm on one end and anger on the other, mm-hmm. and then you have like the pointer, which is uh, Capricious Pep's actual mood, mm-hmm. and sort of them swinging from calm to anger at a, a good speed. They're sort of building up that like that force that when you go between moods, you know. Right. If you imagine it like a almost like a pendulum. The pendulum swings. Okay, from what do they use that hot. force for? Well, that's that's what we got to work out. What mm. what what are their superpowers? Maybe they have very high speed fists. Do you know? What? I was thinking something similar. Like I was thinking of like a mood swing, swing of the fist. Oh shit! Hey. A mood swing. That's literally so the name of mood, their attack. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay, so. that's good. Yeah. And of course, their power is going to grow the bigger the mood swing. So if they just go from like, um, like from sort of neutral to kind of excited, sort of they receive a, a message from their mobile phone, they're like, oh, that, that's going to have a minor effect. But when they get um, really, really, um, when they have a massive mood swing, so say Santa Claus literally comes to their doorstep and <laughs> says, ho, 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 here's a, an Xbox 360, they're, Pendulum will they swing. They get really disappointed. I was going right? to say it swings to disappointment. Please, Santa, take it back. 
Oh, Pep, don't you realize this has connect in it? Connect to my fist? <laughs> so yes, um, that that would be their parasite. Um, and that's how they would fight crime. Because of course, when you see a crime, you sort of like, um, your mood sort of kicks in, especially if you're having a good time. You, then you see someone uh, held up a gunpoint when you're on a nice day out. You're like, shit. Like, yeah, your adrenaline spikes. You're kicking off. It's like but then you're really motivated. Mm. Yes. You're really pepped you're f- up. Yeah. Capricious Fight or flight, etc. Capricious mm. Pep has a power set. And of course, they have to be a teenager because they get the biggest mood swings. Mm. Mm. Didn't think about that. It writes itself, luckily. For so, us. do Oni and um, Chill have weaker mood swings then? Well, mm. well they I'm, would. I'm actually. Sh- oh, I'm, I'm overlapping. Do you want to go first, Dean? You should go first, Josh. Dean's been talking for a while. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Well, what I was thinking is we've, I think we've done a similar thing before. Oh, we have with uh, the Moth Landons. Yeah. Where they had two different power sets that, when moved on to Moth's Landon Jr., mm. created a kind of new power. Yeah. Mm. And we've seen that a lot in like My Hero Academia and things like that, of combinations mm. of powers. So could Oni and Chill potentially have two different powers that have created this mood swing? Okay, yeah, I yeah, like that. I'll, that's literally what I was going to say. Oh, Because um, one's crazy and one's um, got no chill. Yeah, one's one's hypersensitive. I think was the mm. term, or like hypervigilant. So like, uh, I think they've basically got spider sense on all the time. Mm. I think Ugh. that would uh, work better, especially because otherwise you could kind of put no chill as very similar to Oni's power set. Mm. Mm. So I think us being more specific with the hypersensitive kind of works. Yeah, quite well. Well, let's get a uh, crazy. Could mean like sort of very reckless and very mm. um, outgoing and chance taking ish. I think it's also a term that, like, Oni doesn't like. It's something that, like, their villains, back when they were fighting villains a lot, like, that was what uh, they were dubbed. And they're like, so- I'm not crazy. Like, it's quite a derogatory term, really. They're just like, uh, hey, what up, crazy Oni? You're going to go crazy on and us Of course, again? that makes him more mad, so. <laughs> crazy old Maurice. <laughs> crazy. Maybe his, uh, maybe their. Real name is just Maurice. Oh yeah, sorry. I just <laughs> I just went he. Uh, I feel like Oni's a he. I guess. I yeah. guess they might be. Um, I, I was flip flopping between which one was going to be which. Well, I mean, Chilk be a he, and you know we could live in a fantastic new world where um, surrogate mothers exist. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Who who freaking knows? All I know is they have this kid who literally draws power from their emotional instability. Mm-hmm. So they're trying. Are they trying to teach Pep to control it like they couldn't? Um, I think Pep needs to learn to control it. Mm. Sort of needs their their powers forged into something that, that's usable, especially for like, a teenager. Their, their parents must realize that they have come out stronger than either of those two put together. Mm. Oh yeah, you've got your typical like Marvel children situation mm. where like. Two, two of the Fantastic Four have a kid and they, their child is so powerful they can crush the universe or some dumb shit like that. Maybe not on a galactic scale, but you know they're, they're very powerful compared to their parents. Mm. Okay, so we, we got the family unit. Um, do you want to... I feel like I want a period. I want a period for these heroes. A period for the parents and a period for the kid. Okay. You know, um... you know kind of like an Incredibles thing. Because mm. that, that used the, uh, that kind of uh, storytelling really well. 
I mean, I yeah, kind of golden wanna, age. I think I kind of want to fall back on like silver age for the parent. Oh, I, I was going to go way seems... further back. Where were you going to go? I was going to go for like some sort of uh, reverse future. You know, like when the past tried to visualize the future and it totally didn't end up like that. <laughs> I can't oh, remember what retro, the actual term for retro it is. futuristic retro futuristic version of like the twenties and then the thirties for the kid. What like kind of like Tomorrowland Disney? Kind of, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. I like not, that. Not, not, not that film with what's his face. No, not, no, 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 no. I'm talking about like the theme park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> okay, I like that. Maybe the thirties can be kind of like ten percent futuristic, and then the uh, the later decades can be like eighty percent futuristic. You know. Hmm. You got that exponential growth in technology that these uh, empowered individuals would naturally uh, bring about. So what what is this in, in the context of the world at large? How does this family play into the world? Because like, are they if, if the rest of the world is full of super people, are these three being secretive about Pep or... Like, are they training in secret or um, what? Well, I kind of think that the reason they're probably training Pep to start with is because they've realized how powerful the mood swings are. So mm. they've thought, well, if we can try and get a handle on this, maybe, you know, they won't be so potentially destructive. Mm. What if, what if it's actually something we can draw drama from? What mm. if, yeah, good. What if um, Capricious Pep is actually pretty a pretty bad hero at the moment what if like like sorry, like morally I'm, or they just can't succeed man i'm gonna drop a lot of shit on teenagers hey teenagers if you're listening it's fine like just power for it uh but what if like being a teenager they're very confused and they're still trying to sort of find out who they are and discover themselves and their parents are trying to put them in a box but that just causes them to rebel even more mm, i was so, gonna say maybe they take out some of their teenage frustrations on villains that they fight so instead of just catching villains like their parents have taught them to and letting police put them away they kind of beat them up more than necessary yeah like almost almost dishonorable for a superhero Mm. like maybe they flirt with some of the more attractive here villains sorry and then their parents like and they're just like what jeez Look, I I love them, okay? No, no, no love here. No, they just like develop these really strong crushes and they're just like, look, I'm just trying to express myself. (laughs) You never understood my art. (laughs) Yes, teenager, almost destructively so. Mm. But that would cause uh, a lot of problems for the parents, getting back to this. So their family name or their family uh, legacy is getting uh, dunked on. They're getting all all tarred up with the bad press that this we uh, should come up with a family name now that you mention it the veggies <laughs> <laughs> oni and chill veggie hold on i've got a list of vegetables no. here wait oh we could what they're the curries <laughs> why what the, what can the go curries. into a curry other than the three things that oh. we've named after these people <laughs> <laughs> okay the curries and you can judge us on however the fuck creative that is, but hey. Well, it will be spelled C-U-R-R-E-E. How about that? Yep. Oh, yeah, sure. And no one can do anything about it because it's our thing. <laughs> oh, hey, so it's curries. Like Aqu- Aquaman has the last name Curry. Who cares? Oh, really? Yeah. And I mean, his name's who ca- Mr. Aquaman Curry. And who cares about <laughs> Aquaman full stop? Am I right? Everybody? I, I do enough to know his last name. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving swiftly on. So the cur- the curries have been dragged through the dirt because their dirtbag child won't a keep it in their pants, b stop punching people, c um doing bad art, right? Mm. But someone see when you were talking about the romance yeah. stuff and potentially them falling in love with a villain that that sort of generated a little little spark in my creative pilot like you know uh-huh. what if like they do fall in love with the villain right and see I, I need a name for this villain do you want to use the same like adjective and vegetable or just a vegetable and use that as a springboard just give me a vegetable um, well, don't, don't, don't we have to give you a vegetable? Well, no, I've got a list of vegetables in case oh, you guys couldn't okay. think of any this, uh, at the start <laughs> of the episode. Oh, do you know what? I haven't eaten vegetables in ages. I've eaten nothing but McDonald's for the past 10 days or some <laughs> shit. I just want to point out, I did say rice. Yeah, you did. Um, hmm. I mean, it comes out of the ground. And even then... There's literally a vegetable called lizard's tail. Um, Lizzie! Do you want to get rid of two letters out of that? Liz. Liz- Lizzie's tail. Or Lizzie's... Lizzie's ta, Lizzie ta, right? Okay. So, uh, Capricious Pep falls in love with Lizzie's ta. You could just say Lizzie ta. Lizzie ta, Lizzie ta, oh. Lizzie ta. Blood, bloody so, hell! <laughs> so, got our own Rita Repulsa going yeah. on here. It's it's great. Um, so Pep falls in love with Lizzie ta, but now high concept. I if I could, I would write this villain. Or this person, this individual, where you don't quite know what their allegiance is and whether mm-hmm. or not they are trying to get Pep to be bad, whether or not they're just bad naturally and they always gravitate towards it, whether they're a bad person being good, a good person being bad. Mm. You could play it really ambiguously. And I'm trying to come and trying to think of a character that is kind of like that, but I'm. I can think of many, and their usual typical activity would be crime for the hell of it rather than crime for hurting people if you want to keep their motivations ambiguous. Because if, if you've got a, cr- a criminal that, you know, like, doesn't mind, um, what's the, casualties, you know, hmm. civilian casualties, then that just indicates they're evil straight away. Yeah. But if you've got someone who just, like, enjoys the thrill of crime and stuff, like a kind of cat burglar type character then you you kind of get sympathy from the audience because you're kind of rooting for them when they dodge the police and dodge capture and stuff ah so you're a captain cold that you're thinking look when he said uh (laughs) you know the the minute he said oh they've got ambiguous motivations i instantly thought of captain cold to be honest do you know what do you know who i'm thinking of now as a basis for this character go on Reverend Lovejoy's daughter from that one episode of oh. The Simpsons. <laughs> what was her name? Um, um Lisa. But um, no, Lisa's not, his sister. <laughs> I think I think we all know who I'm talking I about. Know exactly and hope, who you're talking about, yeah. And Lisa, uh, our listeners, our listeners know. <laughs> our uh, listeners, uh, Jessica Lovejoy. Jessica yeah. Lovejoy. So, sort of, Lizita would be like that kind of character who's a dickhead, but. They might have a heart of gold, but they might also just be doing it for the hell of it as well. So Captain Cold. <laughs> I'm just going to keep thinking if, of Captain if, Cold. If we I'm could sorry. somehow combine <laughs> Reverend Lovejoy's daughter with Captain, with Captain Cold. Cold. Excellent. Um, well, she has to have, or well, they have to have lizard powers, right? I mean, it's Lizita. We can't not. 
Maybe they can just be like really scaly, you know, sort of like reptile yeah. A My Hero Academia thing. They can just be like a human with scales. Okay. Have have fun drawing that jade. <laughs> That's fun. I like scales. Oh, cool. Sweet. So <laughs> scales all over. The entire family scales. The world's scaly. We live in the no, world no, of reptiles. No, wait, hold, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, my wonderful imagination powered by jade suffering. So, Lazita. So, how do, of- how do they meet? What is Lazita doing? What crime are they doing? If anyone says high school, I'm going to kick both your no, asses. No, Jesus. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I envisioned that Pep was taken out of high school, perhaps. Of course. Because the mood swings were pretty bad, so they're homeschooled. I mean, ima- yeah, imagine giving them detention and mm. they're like, God, no, what the fuck are you doing? And, and instead just, of like, flipping a table, they end up just like flipping everything in the vicinity. <laughs> They toss a table through the ceiling yeah. into the next room above them. <laughs> oh, that's such that's such a great image. Well, there you go. That's that's the image of them getting kicked out of high school. Oh, um, there's that. But maybe they do meet them in detention. May- <gasps> maybe it's- that's where they first see Pep, but Pep doesn't notice them. Um, in Capricious Pep's last detention before they get pulled out of school, they see Lazita. And of course they're like, oh my god, I got a, I got like twenty boners. Oh. But then later on, of course they, Lizita having quite a quite an obvious look about them, uh, they are out and about doing crime, and Capricious out on a training exercise is like, oh my god, it's them. Jeez, I gotta go talk to them. For some reason, Capricious is like the spotty. I'm teenager. not. I'm not. See, I'm not liking that. I had a different thought. Go on. Well, I am actually supreme trash for <laughs> hero villain uh, traits. Oh, you are as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the best way for a hero to discover they have feelings for a villain is while they're fighting them. And oh, then they get so distracted that they end up with a punch to the face. It's, it's the most perfect cliche nonsense, but I love it. Can we do and something like that? Yeah, why not? They're... It's got to be like a senseless act of rebellion as well. Yeah. That would resonate with uh, Pep. So maybe they're like burning down a library or something. I don't know. Whoa, oh, le- le- leave the books out of it, Dean, please. Jeez, yeah. We've, we've damaged enough books with... This, is, this isn't a horror story. <laughs> um, Think of all maybe, the frogs. Maybe they're... Do kids still vandalize using spray paints? I was going to say, yeah, it could be like a, a graffiti thing. Yeah. It's, it's the 30s. They can do whatever they want. Mm. Future 30s. It's great. Okay. And that one character confuses, I guess, our hero, Capricious Pep, or to, to no end. They don't know up ooh, from down. Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. So maybe uh, this is one of their first missions um, back on hero duty after a short period of being grounded, basically, because of a previous incident where, as we mentioned before, they were perhaps too violent with a villain. Yeah. So they had a timeout, and now their parents were like, okay, okay, we've we've trained you back up. Uh, here's your first mission. And they point Pep in the direction of where crime is happening. And they stumble onto Lizita starting their, like, maybe halfway through their graffiti. And instead of launching into the typical, like, stop there, villain, and stuff... They just kind mm-hmm. of stare a bit because the Zeta is quite quite pretty. Mm, of and course. um the Zeta turns and instead of immediately realizing or maybe because they are an ambiguous villain, 
they do realize we don't know as the audience. It'll be very professionally and ambiguously written. Yes, yes. So they turn. We don't know whether they know that Pepper's a hero or not, but they chuck him another implement. I don't know whether it's a spray can or whatever it is. Maybe it's straight up a paintbrush. <laughs> and they're like, cool, you're here to help. Come on. Let's, let's mess this joint up. And Pep doesn't immediately say no, perhaps. Yes. Yes. There's got to be that that consideration. Mm. They're like, I want to just have some fun for once. Like, that's their internal monologue. Yes. Yes. And maybe they have, like, a futuristic earpiece and their parents are like, Pep, what's the situation? And they just mm. kind of carefully beep it off. Maybe. Just to add some spice to mm. this curry. What if it's, like, the one of the first missions... Their, their parents are like, okay, you've had a time out, but we trust you. We love oh. you. Like, we're, we're, we're not going to be in mission control. Like, you can patrol. what You can do what you want. We want you to be a superhero. We want you to find your own way. Oh, I like this. Own way. Own way. Own <laughs> way. And then they have the, the, the paintbrush scenario mm-hmm. from Lazita. So how does it play out after that? You decide, listeners. Oh. Do our job for us and send us a tweet at BBR underscore podcast and give us some theories and give us some some nice notions of what you think. Give me some think. fan art. Oh, we need a ship name. Uh, Pepita. Pepita. <laughs> Surely it would be it like works. pizza or something like that. What, Peter? No, pizza. Pitta. Like, z- can't, we can't call the ship name Pitta. <laughs> uh, reasons why not? We can kind of like we can have one of those like not uh, portmanteau names, so maybe like Fibreth or something like that. Like, oh, oh, what like a cold flesh? Yeah, so yes. frost, whatever that is. It is cold flesh. It's a cold flesh. Okay. Yes. Oh, that that hero. I kind of imagine a sort of crime-ridden '30s futuristic city with a a dorky, confused superpower teenager running rampant in it oh i've just realized as well um sorry to i know you were rounding off but having a crush on someone would make your emotions go haywire so Mm. their powers would be all over the place it's good it's good Mm. it's very very good (laughs) but we gotta leave it there do we have to Uh, i feel like like we've only scratched the surface (laughs) how many how many times have you said that now in this podcast 30 31 the, times. The, the, this feels like the first time where I've truly thought, mm, there's more to this, I'm sure. First time? <laughs> well, no. I feel so, like all our <laughs> other heroes are betrayed. <laughs> what a bad parent. <laughs> Un- yes, son, Oni. how dare you? Unlike Oni. Mm. Oni's a perfect parent. So I'm just very hypersensitive. <laughs> <laughs> ah, thank you so much for listening to us create a superhero family with a dickhead child. Um... <laughs> There are some ways you can help us out in our podcasting endeavors, though. You can leave us an iTunes review, which is extremely helpful for us. Um, Leave your review on there, and we will be extremely helpful to you, too. Because the name you leave on that review, we will put it through our various hero machinations. We will find out the last vegetable you ate. We'll find out uh, a nice little adjective for you, and you, too, can be a hero. All you got to do is leave us an iTunes review. And if you don't want to do that, just give us a few stars on there as well. That's also extremely helpful. You can also uh, just tell a friend about us. Tell a buddy who's into comics or who is into creative endeavors or who likes, who want, who needs something to listen to in the background while 
their drawing or writing or doing the dishes, send them our way because we'll, we'll give them a smile or two. And of course, I mentioned it earlier, at BBR underscore podcast on Twitter. Check it out, follow us, and you can get uh, episode updates. You will uh, see our recommendations uh, visually instead of us trying to describe pitches, which is like harder than it looks. And you'll also see Jade's fantastic illustrations of all of our heroes that she releases every Friday. I, I have a feeling this one is going to be particularly good, <laughs> considering how on board you were for an ambiguously hero, uh, ambiguously, ambiguously evil hero who uh, falls in love with a proper hero. We should clarify deep down, and in the end, Pep is, well, Capricious Pep is a good person. They are mm. a good hero. No, oh, definitely. They just, they have a lot to learn. They have so much to learn. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm quite a fan of the idea that we didn't really make the parents kind of antagonistic. Yeah, yeah. I was afraid good... for a second that we might go down like a baby stoppy route or something. No, 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 no. No, they're good parents. And legacies and stuff. You know, well, it's I like hard the raising kids. super supportive parents, even mm. when kids are being a dick. Definitely. It's hard raising the kids. Shout out to all the good parents out there. <laughs> You're doing God's work. Our, our devoted parent fan base. <laughs> we got gotcha. you're in if you're a parent please tweet at us but in the meantime you've been bitten by a radioactive podcast I'm Dean the Daddy McKnight <laughs> you can't call yourself that I'm Dean Dad McKnight okay I'm Jade still obsessed with DBZ Salson and I'm your favourite son Josh Randall <laughs> ah thank you so much for listening see you later You have been listening to Bitten by Radioactive Podcast, as ever, hosted by Dean McKnight, Jay Sarson, and me, Josh Randall. And this episode has all been edited by me, Josh Randall. And Dean's covered everything before I got to the credits this week. So all that's left for me to say is uh, have a good rest of the week, and we'll see you next time.